got your nods and your balls, got your grapes and your berries, got your tackle and your stone, you got your lightning and your hairs, got your hangers and you got your mags, got your puke crystal pads, you got the Bonzi's bowl bag. Well, Woody, uh, Dave Rastovich is yeah. our guest. Pumped up. Welcome, Dave. Dave. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. It's your Christmas guest, Barnsley Ballback. Question. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you, you'll find out in a sec. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, this could go I, anywhere. Yeah, well, I haven't, we haven't even got to boards. I was really interested to see your take on, I mean, I, I know you ride a lot of different boards, but mostly 20s. I know you've spent a lot of time riding 20s, but you are right. Like, I remember when I went to, I was – I stayed with you in Hawaii probably 2006 or 2005, one of those winters at Off the Wall, and you're riding um, Aquila's boards, yeah. APS boards, yeah, you, yeah. and I couldn't work out that you were surfing big off the walls, probably 10 foot at least. You know, do you remember those boards? Oh, yeah, 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 Have, radically. They're amazing. Does it feel like – I feel like you were probably copping a little bit of shit for riding that style of stuff at that time. You're yeah, still I, surfing really well on it and still getting really good waves, but does it feel weird now that, you know, a majority of <laughs> – <laughs> well, pretty much everyone rides that style of shape, and it's probably more popular than the boards. <laughs> He's kind of yeah. like a, I like to say to people before, you're kind of like the first NRL player that got a sleeve tattoo. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and now everyone does it. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. what you are to I'm surfing. Gonna, I'm going to start busting out a, a, <laughs> like, a Thailand pop out thruster just so I can keep feeling different to everyone, I reckon, soon. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like, especially around here, gee whiz. Um, but no, you know, like I was saying before, it, to me, the, the the like angst and the stress in lineups when I was a Grom was, was really real. Yeah. And people are struggling to fucking catch waves and they're humping their boards to keep speed. And it just didn't look like that much fun, especially when all of a sudden crew would jump on something with a flatter, straighter rocker, a bit more foam or something, take it less seriously and and have fun. And so, you know, the fact that there's heaps of crew riding 20s and, and fishes and stretched eggs and all kinds of stuff is... I think it's great because it's, as long as it um, elevates like the atmosphere and lineups for us to realize how fucking lucky we are to even have the choice to go surfing yeah. and the time, you know, um, then that's great. I think it's awesome. You know, and especially like women, women have got the opportunity to ride all kinds of shapes now. You know, m- one of the main reasons you speak with uh, Derek Hind about this, who's like a radical historian of surfing, um, the reason women in the 90s were struggling so much with surfing and at a high performance level and then getting support and respect and lineups was because they were on these tiny little fucking boards that didn't work. Yeah. And then as soon as they started getting a little bit more foam and a flatter rocker and changing the shape, um, bam, they're just they're firing. They're, they're surfing amazing and also surfing at younger ages and being really supported. But you have to look at the equipment over the years as being something that really um, elevates or destroys uh, atmospheres of surfing, you know. And so I think it's great. I think it's epic. Like not long ago, um, Piggy and Jai came up the other end of the beach around Seven Mile and we were riding um, some 88s and fucking – fishes and all kinds of stuff and it was i was so stoked because generally at that end of the beach it's pretty quiet i don't really surf with anyone usually um and it was it was really a stoker for me i was just like this is so good here's kids who could ride anything they could rip on anything have be doing any kind of 
like you know modern type of surfing and they're there just having fun on on whatever how'd they go and, and i think great well they're having fun fuck and that's to me that's that's it that's like the win um so i think that's i think it's amazing you know and i think um for me i that's the reason i i was riding the boards i've been riding for a long time because they feel good to me it's not a part of any other strategy or deeper thinking it's literally i ride thrusters and i feel like i have a fucking bucket underneath my board i feel like i have to work to get the speed going i got a front foot stance or something about my way of surfing is just harder on those boards so i've just never had an interest in them and it was always quads and twins um and so so it's great to see other people just cottoning onto that that you know you can just glide and have way more uh, space and and moments in your surfing if you have something that has less drag and is just you know more appropriate for these waves you know but still for me like the ipers they're they're really bladey they're super they're not retro boards i've never really been interested in retro boards it's always been a hybrid of of older ideas that may have been put to the sideline too soon and and just want to resurrect them and give them a try um and i love those boards in waves of consequence like you know, I wouldn't ride a fat and flat board at off the wall any day. I'd always choose yeah, one of some killer ipers with curve. And do you and still blade. have any of those? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a few of them. So, do you yeah. hang on to a lot of your boards? Like, are you someone that goes Kinda. and gives feed? Like, do you even care about giving oh, feedback yeah, yeah, for definitely. the performance of the yeah, board? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm super into my boards. Um, super into playing around with that and articulating what it is uh, I feel that you about want. them. Yeah, um, and. Uh, and it's mostly as a, just a courtesy and a, and a fun, kind um, uh, thing to be doing with someone like Dick Van or Gary or Akila, um, where you know they've put all this work into a board or an idea, and so you know it's a great thing to be able to tell them how it feels when you ride it at like an eight foot wave or a ten foot wave or whatever. Yeah, you know, just to be able to give them some feedback. So. Yeah, and that's endless. Like it's endless. I don't think any of us will get to a point where we're we're satisfied and we go, "That's the board." Yeah, and I'm never changing it. We won't. Like you look at George; he lives over the hill from me. He's still making boards every year. He's made another one now. Edge boards, hardest things to fucking ride in the universe. Um, but <laughs> he's still he's still doing. It. He's yes. eighty. He turned yeah. eighty two days ago. Yeah, you know. So I think I think it's just endless. As long as you're interested, it, it'll stay interesting. So looking at like the. That surf, you had a really good surf that Hamish got uh, of your boulders. You're on a yeah, that was a twin. It was a long. It was big. eight six twenty. Yeah, yep. Like, did you have a big set? Like, is that something you were like, all right, if boulders or Lennox is big or somewhere's big around here, is this this is sort of what I want to ride? Yeah, pretty much. Just for mostly for um, long, like lasting, like staying against those currents. When yeah. It's that well, strong. that's what it looked like. From you yeah. could get into amazing. Yeah, you were getting, totally. Yeah, like as soon as you stand up, like and most of us know that here. As soon as you stand up around here, you're 400 really, meters away from where you yeah. were. Yeah. You want a fucking six six. Yeah. On the biggest days here, it's like the biggest day here. If you're in Hawaii, you'd be riding a six six or something. Yeah. But for getting around the lineup when the water's like a Move. river, and trying to stay out for long enough to actually get quite a few waves and like make the most of that moment when we fucking finally get a wave over six foot um to me that's part of that formula it's just like i just want to be able to stay out as long as i can so that i get as many of those waves as i can while they're here because we don't have many days yeah. over six feet and uh and those boards let me do that you know and the twin thing is just i can't fault them i've ridden those waves uh 
all over the country and I mean those boards all over the country here and yeah eight six twin fin is so reliable I wouldn't trade it for did anything. you have like are they any different to your smaller boards is it just an upscaled pretty version much of, upscaled yeah. yeah but you'd look at them from 100 yards away and they look like a normal six three they got heaps of curve in them yeah they're not straight they're yeah. real curvy and they, are they like it look fit it just look channels like, three inches thick. yeah 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 so you can just fucking it's like yeah. a Cadillac you pretty fucking, much yeah yeah yeah, but like I said, they're kind of slugs once you're on the wave. But if you want to be, you're just going you know, along, getting pitted like you were. Look, yeah, hopefully, like it fucking work pretty. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah, I saw the footage. I can, yeah. I can mime it for you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it worked. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So, what are you? You're back to the podcast, mate. Oh, that, I was just interested to know your take on boards. I, I, everything you write, it looks different but it looks like it works yeah for me that's the thing like it's it's literally just for me and like most people who get on a board that i have are just like that thing is terrible they don't like it do you have a stock board you ride most days or i have you just a, i have a um 20 uh, fish that's seven years old now that's a flax glass in flax it's got little black stripes on the bottom that i've been riding like especially at point in that um that's still going strong and is unstoppable. It's wrapped in flax and, it, and it's got a divinacell stringer, so yep. instead of a timber stringer, and it just doesn't age. So that that's a, probably my most standard board. That's like and five nine or something. That's your that's yeah. your everyday board five nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, probably. But I've been writing like we got this family board. It's just like a fat egg thing twenty. That my lady likes to ride and I like to ride too. And we got our grommy. We walk down the beach and we're like ah. Oh, Rather not carry two boards, let's just carry one and we'll both ride that. That's a pretty fun one too. Yeah. But it's it's just play. Like I just Is there know. a best board you've ever had? Like if you, is there one that sticks out from all your random like is it the first Dick Van Stralen or something? The one you got your nuts fucking tied to the tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope that was a good board to pay for that uh grilling as a grom. Um you know, those Iper twins at that time, like you were saying, in Hawaii were pretty special. Yeah, they, yeah. Look, they fucking yeah. look good. And just his lineage, you know, like being a Hawaiian and his dad, Ben Iper, and that whole being able to ride his boards in Hawaiian boards in Hawaii was pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Sick. Yep. What would Woody shape you? Oh, that board, you know when we surfed the point a little while ago that and you were riding the round tail? Look like a twenty-two. Yeah, well, like a long one, a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, that looks fun. Is that the pub shuffler? Nah, it's not the pub shuffler. He was, at, he was at the point. That's Has not a bit the pub. Of extra right. girth. I made, I made one purely after seeing yourself. I mean, it's not a three-inch thick board. It's just a longer twenty. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, probably that. that. I'd write. I'd like. Right, what do yeah, you got? You got an order. All right, sick. <laughs> okay, back to I'll swap you. I know you got a Jerry Lopez somewhere in your stash. <laughs> I'll swap you for that. All right, oh, sweet yeah, yeah, sweet. <laughs> right, so. Back to the original question, yeah, sorry, uh, back question. Yeah, so you're having a gathering at, at your joint, mate, in your – I think – did you do you have a teepee? You still have a teepee? Nah. 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 All right, I well, did. No. it's your birthday. You pick your three favourite acts, mate. This is a question I always ask at the end. Oh, uh, well, I did it. I had my 40th last year. All right, and so – Fuck, I, it was unbelievable. We had um, Terrapi Richmond. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Terry Pye was like the mayor of Shing- of Shark Island. And, yeah, yeah. And Salander and. Should we get him on the podcast? There. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's fucking <laughs> absolute wizard. Everything he plays he for does a few is famous, like a drummer. He plays friend. for everyone who comes to Australia. He is the best drummer in Australia. He is a monster. Octopi is his nickname because he's like <laughs> a fucking eight-armed dude. Man, he's unbelievable. So anyway. At my 40th, I had this massive slip and slide down the hill. It was like um, 70 meters, and we had like all these funky steps and things in it. And and uh, and he went down it and uh, dislocated his shoulder. And uh, I went to the hospital, went to Valinor, got the meds, and they put it back in. And he came back, and he had his arm in a sling, and he was like the Def Leppard drummer, you know? He only had one hand. <laughs> so he only had one arm, and he just he just. Absolutely blew our heads off playing drums and uh, and with all our buddies who are pretty amazing musos as well and um, and so that was pretty much it really and one of my nephews who's like a mad um, sort of uh, rhymer spontaneous sort of rhyming like blissinesso sort of shit just classic Aussie hip hop kid so he was doing that and he was just ripping everyone's heads off about so what's his name at the night his name's Kai. He's very talented, but he does, he's got a few different bands, but he's just fizzing around. Um, and uh, so those guys, and then, um, oh, shit. John Peck, actually. I've heard that so name. So John Why Peck know that name? Is, is the first guy to go in modern era anyway. I'm sure Hawaiians are writing it, but first guy in the modern era with a fiberglass board and a fin to pull in a pipe backhand and make it. And so he was on the second cover of Surfer magazine. And uh, he was in the '60s. He was like the lead um, acid hippie of the surfing world. He was like he was on the most wanted list in America. So pretty solid psychedelic Sunday. Psychedelic dude, man. He yeah. was he was and is the man. And so is he um, around here? No, I brought him out here a few years oh, ago. Long beard, super skinny. He surfed the point with me a couple of times. We surfed Flat Rock a few times. Um, if you saw him, you'd remember it. But He's he is a, like literally a wizard, and he plays some <laughs> bizarre music. He he's all time, but mostly he just talks stories. So I did a night at the Brokenhead Hall with him, where I um where I put word out with some mates who played music and John, and we said, all right, whoever wants to come, just come. Bro, uh, put two bucks in the thing, and we'll give it to John as a donation for his travels or whatever. And and we had the, the little hall packed, and for three hours he just told stories and we played like a bit of music in the gaps but him he would be the one he's like he sat on hendrix's uh amp at a show once where everyone at the door was given acid as they walked in um <laughs> like a 12 dollar ticket and a tab of acid and they would lie on the speaker stack and listen to <laughs> hendrix didn't he used to put it um, in his bandana jimmy hendrix? yeah 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 so john he went to he was in hawaii so he was with all his crew like surfing all the gnarliest waves in hawaii at that time he went to the beach at sunset beach took off all of his clothes dragged his possessions from his car down the beach threw them all in the ocean his board every bit of clothing <laughs> everything and just said Whatever comes back is what I'm meant to have. That's fucking And amazing. Wayne Lynch saw him do it as a grommet. So Wayne Lynch was there and saw him do it and was freaked out. And, uh, and what washed in was a little fabric of cloth <laughs> and, and, and his chillum, which is like an old school bong. And that was it. So he's like, all right, brother, that's all I'm going to have. I'm so- just going to smoke weed and I'll wear my little fucking loincloth. <laughs> and, uh, and that was his deal. 
every Saturday they would fast. Every Sunday they would take acid and surf sunset and pipe and try and figure out how to ride those waves. And that is a life, man. Like what he a has life. led. Fuck, that's epic. Is there a book or anything on him? I or? have it. And his, the name of his board, his design, is the John Peck Penetrator. <laughs> the Penetrator. <laughs> and the book is called The Penetrator. And uh, I have it. I have it. He gave it to me. And uh, and so he would be my choice for like story lord at the end of the night when everyone's Shit, like yeah. winding down or something. I don't know if anyone's winding down at his stories, are they? You've They're been... unbelievable. Yeah. They're unbelievable. You know, and that's surfing. Like, there's so many characters. Like, we've probably got three or four of those kind of cats around here. You know, it's Name like... them. Like who would it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm like, when you're describing John Peck, I'm thinking of Paddlepot Wine who surfed yeah. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, no, Johnny. Totally. <laughs> He's exactly like yeah. fucking John. Is that who? Let's unearth them. Let's yeah. unearth those stories then, because yeah. they're great. And it's like it's just interesting. It's an in, that's an interesting life. Well, my name is John Peck. And I first rode a wave in Coronado in 1959. Surfing was the first activity that I can remember in my life that really introduced me to the value and importance of harmonizing with nature and nature's ways. I got to live at Sunset Beach in 1965, okay? I, I finished house, high school, tried college, just forget it, I'm out of here, I'm gone to Hawaii and, and found myself living at Sunset Beach, just surfing every day as much as I could surf. And, um, New Year's Day 1963 was when that famous pipeline picture was uh, taken. Just Butch Van Artsdale and I were out in the water. It was the first time it really got publicized, you know, because there's some pretty hot waves happened that day. I was living with a, a spiritual teacher right on the point at sunset, and uh, he was introducing me to some spiritual disciplines and, and uh, experimental LSDs when it was legal. Once a week or so, we'd fast one day a week, and Sunday morning, like a religious spiritual devotional thing we go up in nature and uh, take some pure Santos LSD and, um, I got so I was surfing Sunset Beach on LSD and we were doing some pretty amazing stuff people were saying you know that, that was different I had gone on a cosmic surfing quest I got to the point where I could believe it or not walk off the planet and travel through space and I didn't need a surfboard to surf the cosmic waves. or any drugs to find this out, but we could see everything as waves. Everything in the universe is comprised of uh, electromagnetic 
waves of energy. jacks up you want to be right above it so that it goes right up your back <laughs> right through your body First surfed Swamis in 1960, and I've surfed it over the years. The SRF Center is still there, putting off its beacon lighthouse vibration on a spiritual level, and seems to create a, a really good vibration there in that whole area. The break has many, many faces. necessary to show up at the right place and the right wave at the right time to experience that really great ride. That timing goes with them. It helps them ride the waves wherever they are, the energy waves, and 
be in synchronicity with him, in harmony. Heal yourself. Heal your family. Heal your country. And heal the world. And don't forget to go surfing. That is an interesting life, and I, I, um, I, I love that surfing culture has those people, and I reckon um, this area has lots of them, and I think it's a really positive sign that uh, surfing at large has probably more characters right now among Groms and like 20-year-old crew than when I was a kid. Like it was vanilla when I was a kid. Like there was there was no girls in the lineup, and you were scrapping or you were getting beat up if you wrote anything different. And uh, no matter how old you were or whatever, if you were in a new area surfing where you didn't live, you're getting scrapped. It's like it's a different time now, and I think that is really good. And I think um, like every organism on the planet thrives with diversity. We don't eat the same meal every day. We don't listen to the same music every day. We have to mix shit up to be happy and the surfing organism the way I like to see it is the same and the more weird and tweaked and quirky and you know interesting it is the better we're all going to be you know better off we'll all be it's really I think it's a really positive thing James fucking epic that's your podcast do you have any more uh, any more questions not right now any fuck that was sick that John Peck stuff the penetrator I'm, I, I fucking <laughs> we need to get on that well, let's stick with storytelling. You've got you, you and your partner have got um, your own podcast, yeah, Water, Water People. Yeah, Water People, yep. Mate, I was lucky enough to listen to one with Jerry Lopez, oh, which, cool. was, which was yep. great. But I'll tell you the one that blew my mind was Tucky Gold. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, the child so oh, not a child soldier, but fleeing child soldiers in Liberia. So he was. Mate, um, I listened to it three times because I couldn't oh, get my head around Isn't it what he was saying I and, I and his perspective can't. on it. Yep. If you haven't listened to it, Water People, Tucky Gold. I'm blew my yeah, mind. so he, um, he discovered yeah. surfing after being in the gnarliest civil war you could ever imagine. Like the gnarly. And he has that first story. He talks yeah. about the kid shooting the priest. Yeah, just like. I killed God. Like yeah. Heavy shit. And, and that's surfing. Like we have so many rad stories that aren't squeezed into the small little box that we mostly hear about um, through the media we have and which I think is really good right now is that that structure is crumbling away that you know the the big multinational sort of corporate surfing companies have way less influence now than ever is really positive I think and that the magazines have faded out there's still a handful around the world we're lucky we've got Sean O and the surfing world crew here um, but I think that's left an opening you know like they've mm. it's been sort of moved to the side and there's an opening now and there's lots of room for all the other colors to shine and i think that's really good what's a who's a guest that you're chasing or someone you'd love to uh, chat to? well john yeah. um, we're going to talk with another john so we've been talking with the three johns john and john john so i'm yeah. uh, having a yak with john john this week um for the last person in our um season See, this season yeah. So that'll be really good. He and I went to King Island last year, I think it was, maybe the year before. Um, and, uh, and he's an amazing cat. He is a very clever young dude. Like, he is switched on, man. Fucking so What smart. was that like, surfing with him? Oh, it was amazing. He's a bit of a hermit too. We were laughing because 
we were on the island and all of a sudden um, like he's here for the contest and um, uh, Quicksilver had sent a, a, a you know van load of crew to come to King Island so there was like five surfers and the entourage and uh, and we'd heard that when we were on the island and it was just he and I and um, Rossi, Dan Ross and uh, and so we were like oh John is it alright if we just like surf down the beach away from that crew and he's like fucking yeah I love that shit. I do that all year. And he was joking about how, because he's on tour, he's constantly trying to get away from the tour and go and be on his own, have some space and just sort of trip out on his own. And so we ended up surfing at the other end of the beach where the waves are real quirky and crossed over and fun. And, and he's just a freak in the water, like so naturally crazy, talented, um, but also just a really thoughtful and really nice guy. Like just a really kind, nice dude, up for talking to anyone, and just mellow, and uh, and then he gets into the water and he's just a absolute beast and so talented. Uh, so that was awesome. So he's on our list. So we're we're, we're having a chat this week. And John, <laughs> the penetrator. We, yeah, we keep talking, and uh, I get these emails that are just oh man, they're the most out there things to decipher. Uh, it's yeah, it's hopefully going to happen soon with him. But, but like, I'm not that good on the phone and he's really not that good with tech. So we'll see when that happens. Don't know. Well, one more question. Last week we had the Bodie boys on. We asked them where they'd go in the world, like if they could take a group sort of trip and go and see some sort of guru or yogi or something and have an experience. Like where would you, where would you go or where, recommend this crew around here go? Oh, man. You know what? I would say um, seek out the um, – I would say, yeah, the the willing members of um, indigenous culture here in Australia, because we have uh, so many beautiful, amazing people here from the First Nations culture who are so um, just, man, so tuned into this place. And we, mm. you know, we think we are if we're onto where the sand is and the fish are at the moment, and we go dive and we get some food or we grow some food and stuff, but. The level of understanding of this country uh, and the level of experience and overcoming and um, resilience and just wisdom um, among that culture is unbelievable. Like, for example, Mick Laurie is a fellow who's yeah, we all know him, great bloke, yeah, yeah. Just go for a walk with him, or go up to Fingal, hang with the Slab Boys, or, or. People in every community, there's there's so many threads there to follow, and if there is a respectful listening, uh, um, then I think that can be more profound than anything. You know, like I was very fortunate; I travelled the world for a long time, and uh, without really knowing this place that deeply. Um, but in the last few years, having my son and meeting new friends and seeking out those sort of uh, relationships has just meant so much. It's just meant now being, you know, at a morning somewhere like the back covert boulders there or something, it means a lot more for me now than it ever did before, knowing the history, mm. the story of that place. Um, it, and it probably plays into why I really like to surf alone and I seek out quiet surfs a lot um, just because I feel like all of these places that we call home have got so much story, so much history, so much happening there um, to tune into. Um, but, yeah, I would say that. I, I have a friend who lives up in Arnhem Land and um, Yitakala community 
uh, or she did, and we got to be up there a few times in the winter months. And it was just amazing, incredible experience. So I'd say, you know, like the fact that also we haven't been able to leave this country for a year yeah. or so, you know, rather than travelling an inch deep and a mile wide like we all do, spreading ourselves thin and going to Indo and all of that, visiting places briefly, maybe we switch it and go an inch wide and a mile deep, you know. Well said, mate. And localise properly. Quiet, eh? so I go th- out, go in. That's, the th- that's, yeah. that's just for me where everything's at right now is localising and not in the sense of localism. I mean like getting to know where we are, localising our food, growing it locally, knowing our communities and knowing our history. I reckon that's a pretty good place to start. First time I've seen you speechless, Barnsley. So, uh, so Dave, uh, Condo's question, I've got more than two today. I've got heaps, three. That's the drip method. Uh, number one. <laughs> yeah, you've got to listen you to last week's code, podcast. Yeah, no, it's code, yet. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 2478 code. Um, so... You've mentioned a few times you love to surf by yourself, but I'm just going to throw one out there. Uh, you've surfed all over the world. You've surfed with uh, – you've grown up and surfed with some amazing uh, people. You just mentioned John, John. Uh, we're going to give you an absolute pumping day, eight days in front of Brockies, up and down the point by yourself and invited guests. Who would they be? Oh, it would be uh, – I reckon it would be um, MP – from wow. 1972, I think it was, maybe 71. Has anyone here seen Ocean Rhythms and In Natural Flow? In Natural Flow, anyone? Rob, Rob Carr. I reckon Rob Carr has. Are you serious? Yeah, no, yeah. Rob Carr has. <laughs> you seen you yeah. seen? So, well, Rob's about 70, so he's yeah, seen that's it. that's great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Probably in real life, way better. Um, no, Steve Gore is the name of a fella from Cronulla, and he sh- – Core, yeah, sorry – um, there you go. You're That's onto it. Oh, good. He knows. Full respect. Full respect. Um, so he made two films, probably made many, but these two films he got, uh, whatever you call it, digitised a few years ago. And um, actually, I don't know if they're on uh, – have you seen it on like a file? Or Yeah, I've only got DVDs, right? So, um, but you don't watch them. No, I got a projector, so I project it on the wall of the house um, when it's dark every now and again. I fucking love it. And so In Natural Flow is the first one and um, it's got footage of MP, um, Batty, Brocky. Wow. Um, bit of Nat, uh, Steve Gary? Jones. Uh, who else is there? At the point. At the point. Oh. Right here on a good bank and they're fucking surfing beautifully. But MP is uh, just head above everyone else and he's just doing these loops. He's just skitsy and just – it's amazing. Um, he was so just I that would good, say, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would say um, – I would say one. him then just because <laughs> – Actually, because of a thing I heard a couple of days ago where Derek Hines said that MP did a cutback in front of Derek when he was younger at Bell's and um, he sprayed him in the face and it made him cry. <laughs> the, the spray was so hard, he, he wept, he cried in the lineup after coughing this fucking single fin sheet in the face. And it was pure power. He reckons he halved waves and stuff. Like you'd do a turn, it would just halve the wave. And um, 
And I'd believe it because I've seen Brendan do that actually. I saw Margot do a turn like that in Indo once where he did one of those 12 o'clock backhand things he used to do where he'd go upside down and he did one and he literally just halved the wave. Like he came, when he came back down, he was halfway down the face and there was no wave above him anymore. He just like fucking halved it. It was unbelievable. No one sees this shit anymore. Like you can do the fanciest footwork now but halving waves is something that maybe Dane does it sometimes, I guess, Dane Reynolds, but probably not because he like starts really hard and then ends with a slide. You all know that move, like those moves. They all pretty much end with the nose. You bury the nose and pop the fins. But those cats were fucking holding that from start to finish. And so anyway, Derek saying that, but it made him cry. I think I'd like to see someone surf who who could do that sort of thing to you. It'd be pretty fucking good. Fuck yeah. So that at the point. But go see In Natural Flow and Ocean Rhythms. They're unbelievable and um, they're shot so beautifully. And the, the couple, man, there's a couple of right on the inside of Brockies that are just like dream waves. And those boys are just packing them on these singlies where they do like a hard bottom turn and then shuffle forward right as the thing just pitches and they're just getting piped and it's awesome. So okay, Kondo, second question. Um, talk us through Code Red at Chopes. Were you, what were you um, thinking? Were you just a, <laughs> like you a, it was a closeout. Uh, yeah, well, you don't know that when you um, – I know, but it was big. So that was the first time I've towed in on a jet ski and I was pretty <laughs> clueless. And uh, um, I, like you probably guessed before, I'm not the biggest fan of skis. Um, uh, they're great for rescuing and things, but uh, I don't like missing out on takeoffs and stuff with, with that experience. I've towed a couple of times since then and I was like, yeah, not really interested. Um, but at that time, um, I just started a project of following that swell – with Taylor Steele um, and Ando, Craig Anderson. And we'd been waiting for two years for a big enough weather system to come through the Pacific and hit somewhere through the Polynesian Islands and then get to the mainland of America, like Mexico, and then go all the way up to Alaska. So Mike Stewart, the legendary boogie board guy from Hawaii, had done it over like 12 days or something a few years before, oh, many years before. Just followed it. Yeah, he said that he'd followed a swell and, and he'd made it. Because lots of crew, you do that in Hawaii. Like if you get a big swell at yep. Jaws or the Bay or Outer Reefs, you then jump to um, California and you can surf Mavs and then you roll down and you get to surf Todos or somewhere in Mexico and it's done. So there's these like few, there's few places in the world where you can chase a swell for three days or four days and just be fucking nuked. Like after those days, you sleep good. And so... Um, so we've been waiting for a couple of years. Finally, this swell popped up and uh, we went to Tahiti. It was hilarious because the contest was on and we get there at midnight and everyone's freaking out and shit's getting washed away already up in all the yards and you can just hear it, just subterranean bass, just <laughs> like so terrifying. And, uh, and then when the sun came up, it was just red alert, like people were freaking scattering everywhere. It's illegal to go out. You can't take a boat. The police were driving up and down, freaking out. People were going to die. And so it was just weird. And, and I was with Ando. He'd never been to Tahiti. And, uh, and um, I was just like, fuck this, man. We'll get stuck in here with all this human, human drama. And uh, let's just get out. Let's just go. We'll just get out there. We can paddle, sit in the channel. It never closes out. You'll be sweet. He's just like, oh, 
okay. And so we, we jumped in with like six sixes or something stupid. And we floated out through the channel, it got there really, really quick because the water was raging out. And we sat in the channel and, uh, and it was doing what it was doing. And I think uh, tide was pretty, it was heading towards low and um, a few t- crew came out and started towing and we're just getting destroyed. And a lot of waves had a funk in the lip, like it was um, the beginning. So a lot of those, the beginnings can be a bit weird and then it shuffles itself out and sorts out the kinks. And uh, so the morning was weird. It was really dark. It was a bit of rain and it was intense. The, the mooring in the channel was just getting pulled into the closeout and the right. And normally that's where you're sitting with your boats happily having a hinano and hooting, you know. And so... Um, so we're sitting there and dodging that on our little boards because like, it's just getting pulled around and grabbing you sometimes and and it was pretty intense and then uh, Hippo came out, Ryan Hipwood came out and was floating around and every time he drove past I'd try and catch his eye. I'd be like, oh, like fucking give me a go, whip me into one and and he, wouldn't, he just wouldn't look my way and then um, a few crews started getting hurt and then uh, Romano and a few of the local boys were sort of buzzing around telling people to not surf, just wait. Maybe the tide is making it funky. And so we're sitting there and a few empty ones came. There was still a couple crew. I think it was Kalani Chapman and a couple other guys were still out. And then finally I got um, Hippo's eye and uh, and he threw me a, two, two jackets, two flotation jackets, not the pop ones, just the positive buoyancy ones, and threw them on and then he had a tow board and I got size 13 feet. I think he's like 10. And so I try to get my fucking feet into his straps. <laughs> and it's not very good. It's a bit of a tight fit. Um, but I was like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Let's go, let's go. And so, were, you, were you just pumped to have a crack? Yeah, totally. Because it's like that is a day you'll never see again. Like I, I didn't have a grom. I probably think differently Did you now because I got die? a grom. A little bit, but not real. Not like... What do you, you, what do you f- mean by a little bit? What does that mean? <laughs> what, well, that's like, like where, a 20 where, fucking no, but like, foot. <laughs> but you're doing maths in the channel. Like the more, no one's in the channel except for you and Craig. Are you doing like a sheet? Are you like, yeah, making, probably won't die on that board. one. Yeah, 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 I won't yeah, die, on that one. die on that one. Yeah. If I get a tow board, I might make yeah. that one. No, so like a one in 10 wave was making. Yeah. Something like that. That's I'm pretty like, that's good, good odds enough. at 20 foot chose. 10%. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, totally. that's assessing the downside downside risk really well. Well, it, it, another thing with that is, fuck, when those days are fleeting, you know, like that sort of shit, you just don't see. I've been there quite a few times and I've seen it big and it's always scary. It's almost scary when it's four foot because you're so close to the reef. But, um, but that was just a day where it's just like that is a day where we'll, we'll just never see it like that specifically. We've seen big days since and everything, but um, it was just that. I was just like, I really don't think I could go in and not have a crack. It so just, talk us through the just, wave. Uh, so, yes. We've, we, all, we've all seen the we wave. Get, but we, we, we zip out to the back of the lineup and um, we're sitting out there and at that stage there was only two other skis and, the, and as we were going out, one of them got a wave don't know who that was and they got blown up and blasted into the lagoon and then and you could hear the crowd in the channel like there was probably I reckon there's probably six or eight boats there maybe more and they're all screaming and shouting and and then um and then the next wave Kalani Chapman took it and he got blasted and blasted into the lagoon 
And so we were sitting out the back with no one else out there. There was not one other ski. And we're just sitting there and these lumps are coming through. And I've never sat out like that at that spot. Um, and you can't even really tell that it's that big. They're just these lumps. And because it, when it hits the reef, it just sort of draws off. And then that's when it gets all its girth and everything. But out the back, you know, you, don't, you can't really tell, which is probably a good thing. And so we're just sitting there and uh, literally two seconds later, a set came and Kalani got blasted and he was gone so there was just no one else there was no me like uh, markers you know how it helps when you got someone in the lineup to know where you are you can see and everything so there's just no one there and uh, the, a wave popped up and I was just like don't don't fuck around let's just go and so he was like all right and he pulled me in and as soon as I started dropping down the face it just all felt wrong. My feet were so squished like little fucking Japanese geisha feet in these, <laughs> in these little straps and it was just all wrong. And, and so I started dropping down the face and then you, it all draws and you've got to be pointing towards the shore more than across because you just get sucked up the face. And so I started doing that and I'm like winding up the windows this way and I'm winding them down again <laughs> and I'm fucking like putting this arm in the wall and it's pretty funny. I laugh when I see that video because i'm just hanging on by a thread and then i when i started getting down the line i was like this is i could feel it i was like fuck i'm kind of traveling and then the lip line instead of it just being like a a nice angle it actually had like a dip like a right coming back towards me and uh and then i could feel like the shock wave coming up a little bit under the board and i just jumped off and then the, the funny thing that happened was i jumped off and got sucked over and was just in the turbulence, didn't hit the bottom, and then I got sucked over again. And when I landed, I landed on the reef perfectly on my feet, like standing up, not getting dragged or anything, like just perfect like this. And I went into a squat and just pushed off the bottom. And when I popped up, I was out the back of the wave, like literally right next to everyone on skis. And Makua Rothman, I'll never forget it, Makua Rothman and... Um, um, Oh man, head. His name's Nick. Yeah. Head. Kamale. Anyway, Kamale. Kamale. Yeah, yeah, Kamale. Thank you. Um, so Kamale and Makua Rothman are on the ski, and they're like, "Fucking whale boy, whale boy, the fucking whale saved you, man. The fucking, how did you get here?" And they were just freaking out. They're like, "Do you get a fucking ride on a whale?" And they, I was just in. I was tripping. I was seeing so many stars, and they, they were just spun out that I got spat out the back and was fine. And, uh, and so anyway, I was fine. And then, but I, I twisted my knee and then just sat in the channel and I tried to scab another ride uh, while she came out a bit later, later actually too. And I was trying to just get any eye contact with someone. <laughs> but everyone's in the zone. Like on days like that, I was so lucky to just hitch a ride from Hippo. Um, but everyone else is just in the zone. And then, and then, and it has to be said, and it has to be said a million times over that Dylan and Laurie then came out. Laurie Towner and Dylan Longbottom. And they fucking ruled it and easily are the best surfers in waves like that 100 million times over. They no rode one. every single wave perfectly. They were turning in the pocket. They made, I think it was either Laurie or Dylan, but made 10 waves, not one fall, just fucking ruled it. Absolutely ruled it. So far ahead of every single person there by so far. And so no one surfed after that. My wave was the last wave. Everyone called it off for like an hour or so and we're just floating around. And then Dylan, that came out and they're like, what's everyone doing? And they went straight out and just ruled it. It was unbelievable. And for some reason, that, I don't think that got much yeah. um, 
uh, acknowledgement because they're just legends and they just do what they love to do and they're not out there beating their chest. Um, but they were the boss that day. It was unbelievable. It was like the best, easily the best technical big wave surfing I've ever seen. Condo's uh, next question. Um, so Woody's got his wish, which was having Raster on the podcast. Uh, what's your wish? As in who we should have on the podcast? John Peck. John Peck. Oh, the penetrator. Get to put a photo on your wall and a candle and do some praying and maybe he'll just materialise. So, so um, someone that's accessible. in on his loincloth. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. His fucking so, someone, east so, swell. Let, let, let's be a bit more realistic of someone that you reckon we can get in the shed that you'd love to listen to. Hmm. Mick Laurie would probably be a good one, eh? Yeah, Mick, Mick. would be a great one. Uh, Mick would be a good one. Um, you reckon we're a chance with George? You reckon we <sighs> think? I've been chipping away for years with George. <laughs> and Lauren has too. Every time we hang out with George, Lauren's like, I mean, George is like, hey, Laura. Um, hey, Lara. Hey, Laurie. <laughs> he never gets her name right. And she's always so, she, she makes him peanut butter cookies and stuff. And, and he loves them. And he, and he and loves, still can't get he loves her. But yes. Yeah, and she's always like, oh, George, so you think we could. Um, talk story maybe just like record a couple of stories he's like ah oh, uh, uh no fuck that i don't want to fucking no 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 and he just is <laughs> impossible if you do that i will be very very happy to have someone have cracked that code because it's hard um what about uh gee whiz um do you do you aim for younger crew older crew or anyone anyone with a story man. anyone with I a story want to tell it yeah you know who's interesting? I think is um, the fella who does who does the, all the permaculture stuff out in the Shannon in the hills behind here. Jeff Lawton, who's the guy I was telling you about before. Yeah. So he's the guy who's taught us about how to grow all the food we're growing, and he surfs. But he's done like radical volunteering stuff in conflict zones, and he surfs all around here. And uh, maybe some of you have seen his head, but um, he's just a, a, another old cat that's out in the lineup and mallow and everything but he has a radical story and millions of them and uh and is and is literally like feeding the world just growing food in the most gnarly places and teaching fools like me who who want to grow food how to do it well and yeah jeff lawton i reckon and he's local so to wrap it up i think uh well, I've learned heaps. Woody, I think you've been absolutely... Fucking loved it. I was hoping it was going to go this way and it has. I've never seen your eyes like... I'm just fucking into it. I'm learning. I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm at school. I'm, I'm at school right now at this table. So... I'm going fucking... Give us the wrap on... Give us the wrap on... Uh, in the wrap up, Rasta's wrap up on life in a couple of words oh, or, a, or a couple man. of sentences. Oh, God, that's some heavy stuff. Uh <laughs> Can you be more specific? Well, just I, I just love you. I love I love the positivity, like in the and the knowledge. Um, like what, what what can what can everyone in the room or anyone that listens to the podcast oh, learn you know, from Rasta? There's, there's crew here that have got their head and shoulders square and and uh, you know have their um, their perspectives clear and and you know I look at these little fellas in the corner, Jai and Piggy and that and and, and Lots of other Groms that um, appear to me to have an open-mindedness that just was pretty rare when I was that age, and I think that's really good. And just like I said before, I'm, I'm you know, in danger of repeating myself, but the diversity thing, 
just having a fucking whole range of interests, a whole range of ways to be in the ocean, ways of um, being with your mates, you know, like you guys are doing it, training, surfing, diving, fishing, whatever it is, mixing it up, making boards. Uh, I think that diversity thing is really key and re- and being kind with it, you know, appreciating that everyone's on their own trip and has that, is aiming for that kind of diversity too, in whether they know it or not, you know. I think that's um, just something for me that just seems like it keeps popping up every year. I just go, wow, yeah, there's another place where having a range of interests and or a range of um, ways to express yourself is really positive and and maintains, you know, and keeps that kind of crazy, kind of bung-eyed, sparkly-eyed thing going, you know, because to me a real tragedy is is that calcified old man that a lot of us have the potential to become and we all know those kind of um, men, you know, in older years where we, we calcify, we get rigid, we go, nah, this is the fucking way things are, this is the way the world is, this is what I want, this is what I believe and they just lock in and those people don't look too stoked to me. You know, and then you meet the John Pecks and the Dick Vans and the Georges and the Brockies and the Baddies and the Albies and all these people who are a little bit crazy, um, but they're alive, you know. they got that thing in their eye and it's good and it's something to um, aim for and to learn from, I reckon. You know, and, and everyone's different, you know. There's heaps of shit in my life I'd like to change. I'd like to be a way more socially comfortable person. <laughs> I generally shy away from groups and and interactions you know if i can i'd rather slip through the cracks of things but i'd like to be better at that you know there's heaps of shit that i'd like to be better at i'd I'd way rather yeah be um in that humble position of trying to learn and do better and be better than in the position of like yeah i got this shit sorted you know i know how it is this is how the world is so i think i think that would probably be something that just keeps popping up for me well, uh, I think uh, this pathway with the, with our podcast is all about um, learning. Um, it's really good, man. It's really great. It's really cool to see you guys doing that, hear you guys doing that. Yeah, Piggy came in from a surf one morning and said, oh, Dad, I had a chat to Rasta and I think he might, I think he might be interested to come on the podcast. And I rang Woody and I said, I think we're a chance. And I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm absolutely stoked that you came in. And I think everybody in the room, everybody that listens to the podcast is going to learn not a little bit, a heap. Well, hopefully it's useful, you know, and that's it. Like, fuck. You know, my dad, in the end, he took his life. He ended his life and was in a lot of pain, like really fucked up life. Very, very traumatic. And uh, and I know probably just statistically <laughs> there's a few of us in this room who have gone through the same experience. And, uh, and that's, it's sad, you know. And so the idea of, um, you know, like I said, calcifying, but being the hard bastard is what my dad would always say, be a hard bastard, you know, being a hard man and not, you know, crying or not talking about how you're feeling or not checking in with your mates. Um, that's a thing of the past. We can't do that anymore. You know, that doesn't lead to a, a, a wonderful life and a, a great world, you know. So I feel like any opportunity... Uh, and any work that works towards that is really great. And that's why I said yes, because I, I could um, sense that that's what you guys have been doing and how you raise, raise money when it's needed for those who need it. Um, and that's all really admirable stuff. And 
And that's what we're here to do, yeah, make it meaningful. And so good on you guys. Thanks for having me. I hope any of it is uh, of use or at least you get a few good laughs out of Woody's jokes and, and it keeps your ball uh, rolling, keeps it bouncing. Cause it's, it's really good and it's admirable and good on you. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure, Rash. Yeah, unreal. Woo!